Hello, Lot here. Just wanting you all to know that this episode has been previously recorded and posted. So I hope you enjoy it or re-enjoy it. Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hello everyone, I'm Guile, I tweet at Door Podcast, and tonight I'm joined by Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho Spindle, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And Kama. Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at, I think my Twitter is Oxford Splice at Twitter? Yeah, try that. (laughs) (laughs) So, welcome guys, tonight we're going to be covering Tyrion... Eight? <laughs> like, I, yep. I only am hesitating because of my lack of knowledge of Roman numerals. Um, <laughs> yes, Tyrion eight in A Clash of Kings. And as with all of our podcasts, I want to give a spoiler warning for both Game of Thrones, the show, and the A Song of Ice and Fire book series, as well as potentially trigger warnings for rape in this episode. Um, maybe. Mm. But in any case, want to cover it. So... Um, Let's go. So I wanted to give a little bit of a recap since our last Tyrion chapter. And Arya's at Harrenhal, and she gives Jack and Hagar her first name, which is Chiswick. Kat tries to make peace between the pesky Baratheon brothers, but it's all for naught as Shadow Baby kills Renly. (laughs) And Joffrey has the Kingsguard beat Sansa in retaliation for the death of Stafford Lannister until Tyrion puts an end to it. And John and his Night's Watch brothers reach the Fist of the First Men, and Ghost leads John to a stash of dragon glass and a mysterious horn. And finally, Bran keeps dreaming of the sea coming to Winterfell, but outside his dreams, a gross young man named Reek arrives at Winterfell. Dun dun dun. Um, <laughs> now, now on to Tyrion Eight. Um, this, we start the scene with Varys reporting the various rumors surrounding Renly's murder, and Tyrion really quickly deduces that whoever is behind it really doesn't matter because Stanish, Stanish, <laughs> well, who are we? Oh my God, um, Stannis is the beneficiary, and um, you know many, but crucially, not all of Renly's followers have bent the knee to the one true king. And the ones who haven't include the Tyrells, the Tarleys, and Mathis Rowan. And they've all gone back to, well, they suspect that everyone's kind of fallen back to to Bitterbridge, which gives Tyrion an idea. And he, Littlefinger, and Varys discuss how to best bring these wayward lords over to their side. And they quickly get to the idea of offering Joffrey to Marjorie Tyrell. And they all, they all are like, oh, Marjorie's bettable. It'll make Joff, like, super happy. And Cersei's really like, he's just 13. And they're like, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I enjoyed the banter back and forth between uh, Varys and Littlefinger in this one. And isn't this the one that they're sort of all like, no, who is it that they're all kind of trying to, like, well, you know, when I was 12, or no, that's, oh, my God, I'm like, oh, real <laughs> I'm confusing actual history, which was 
um, in the trial of Catherine of Aragon when all the lords were like, well, when I was 15, I was able to have sex. So clearly Arthur Tudor had sex with Catherine. And oh. <laughs> oh, God. I'm literally like somehow that got into Game of Thrones for me with them yeah, talking cool. about my basically. So I apologize. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I thought it's interesting, like, you know, I feel like the, and I kind of like that the fact that whether or not Marge is a virgin or not is sort of like not, no one really cares. Like, they kind right. of like, well, yeah. but you know, it's not like it's some huge plot point. Yeah, yeah. they don't, you yeah. I think it's, yeah, it, they need somebody and they're not really, it's not a big deal. It's her dynastic, um, what she's bringing to the table outweighs what she, you know, what she's done. Which. And, which is not Renly. <laughs> yes, this is true. As far as we know. Um, it was fun seeing all the little the rumors as Varys was listing. It seemed like he was enjoying you know, they're listing. All, like, they're pretty, you know, like, they're directionally accurate for the most part. Like, I know the maid who was, you know. <laughs> you know, a rainbow guard, a woman, you know, it's like, okay, you know, they're, they got some of it right. And, you know, Tyrion's thinking to himself this whole time that Joff actually really does need to get laid. And oh. I like that he went to plot with Varys about how to arrange it without involving the Hound. And I thought that was kind of funny. Like, why do you think they specifically couldn't include the Hound? Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Oh, Maybe did they think he wouldn't like I mean, why? <sighs> he would tell Cersei? Like, I don't know. Tell Cersei? I don't know. Could you imagine the Hound and Cersei even having, like, a... Yeah. I mean, that doesn't make it, does it either. Why would he bother? I I mean, Tyrion would be in a position to know just what the hounds, like, how he guarded, how he took his responsibilities. So maybe he's thinking, I mean... Like, he just doesn't want him to be alone with Tyrion at all? No, I mean, no. What I'm saying is, like, if he's expecting interference... Like, would the hound object? Would the hound do something? Or yeah. is that what... Yeah, so, I mean, Tyrion would be in a position to right. know that. I'm just surprised that they are worried about that. Like, yeah. I feel like they could be like, hey, Sander, we're all going to the brothel. Want to come and bring Joff? Yeah, because okay. it sounds like he, they, they confirm that he does, you know, varies, like, he participates in all those activities. Yeah. So, I mean, would he care if, if they brought Joffrey to... I mean, <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I think he might. I'm wondering yeah. if he might. I mean, he really takes that responsibility seriously. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I personally think, yeah, there's something wrong with taking a 13-year-old to a brothel, yeah. but, you know, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're just <laughs> women. Um, <laughs> so they all agree that marriage to Marjorie is really the best bet for Joffrey's, like, very survival, but Cersei's not super enthused about it. And uh, I just have a very short passage about on that. Uh, indeed, Varys laid a soft hand on the queen's sleeve. You have a mother's heart, and I know his grace loves his little sweetling. Yet kings must learn to put the needs of the realm before their own desires. I say this offer must be made. The queen pulled free of the eunuch's touch. You would not speak so if you were women. Say what you will, my lords, but Joffrey is too proud to sell for Renly's leavings. He will never consent. Um, and it's like, is Cersei... <sighs> 
it's so you know it's so weird because I don't really know what Cersei's motivation here is because you know at this point I don't think that George has come up with the stupid prophecy so it's not that she's afraid of a different queen necessarily and she does seem to have kind of a weird attachment about Sansa which I've yeah. never really understood and it's not it's not sexual or anything. It's just kind of strange. I think she's more like she believes Sansa's more controllable, like more. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Well, yeah. But maybe I mean, it. later on in other chapters, I mean, she makes. I think like, and it's alluded to, and I and we'll get to it in a little bit. But I mean. Like Littlefinger is asked later on in the chapter what he would want, and what he he does try to propose himself for Sansa, and I think it's Cersei who stops it. Yeah, he he made a shady comment about um Sansa's looks and this her sweet body. <laughs> oh, I'm I was like, like oh god, you're such a scum. I mean, I don't know. I mean, she doesn't really protect other times. women from predators, so I don't know if that's it. <laughs> Or is it because, you know, Sansa is completely helpless at court and she, you know, like is this... nothing to torment, maybe? Or is it just purely having a, you know, a rival for power? Mm-hmm. You know, not, like, here's, here's where it gets to, like, the fact that the prophecy is stupid. Because mm-hmm. if... Well, if we didn't have, it if is. we didn't it, know it that totally that was going to happen, if no, we didn't know right. that that was going to happen, we would think like, okay, it is, she is acting like this because she doesn't want, you know, she doesn't want a rival for his affection and therefore, you know, yeah. power behind the throne. Yeah. But because he put in the stupid prophecy and then it's not at all in here, it's like, is that, yeah, it, it just, it doesn't make sense together. It kind of like ruins all of her motivation prior to that POV of hers. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Yeah, I, I would go with that. I don't know. I mean, it is strange, but I I kind of wonder if it's just like... I mean, and Joffrey likes to torment Sansa, too, and I, I kind of wonder if that's part of it. I don't oh, know. Oh, it's just she like, oh, he, she him. wants, yeah, she wants her her son to have everything he wants. He, he'll, she'll keep him occupied. Well, I mean, she also, I mean, she's she's also part of the coterie of many characters who feel the need to, you know, go to a 13-year-old, 12-year-old girl and say, you know, here's why life is shitty and, you know, <laughs> let, let's dump on you. I mean, so I'm not wrong. I mean, right? I mean, <laughs> well, I don't know. There's a weird thing about that. I remember um, freshman year in college, we had a, a professor who just went off on all of us because we were laughing about something, and he was, and he went off on this big thing about how you're going to be sitting in front of your canvas and you're not going to know what to paint. And your wife divorced you, and you're like, you know, it was just like people get bitter about young and like, you know, idealistic people. <laughs> And you're like, I just we were just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was long too, <laughs> and now I understand. I I totally understand what he was saying. But it's like yeah. him telling you it. Yeah, it was just like he does nothing. It's not like a, oh, now I understand your pain, old <laughs> professor. Like, you another know. variation of sweet summer child, like man, you know. Yeah, I'm paying to... <laughs> money to be here. Aren't you supposed to teach me? You know. <laughs> They just see this. They just see this like beautiful child in Sans, and they just want to destroy her whole like. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Oh. So 
Tyrion goes on to point out that really it doesn't matter because Joffrey is too young to give or withhold consent. So he's just going to have to do what they say, which I kind of, I also kind of appreciate. And they settle, once that's settled, they talk about who they should send to Bitterbridge. And Tyrion doesn't want to go. And um, Cersei immediately suggests Jacelyn Bywater, who, you know, we know she thinks is, you know, she kind of wants to get rid of, but then Lancel's told her, no, he's really their spy, but I, I think this would suggest that she's not really buying that and she still wants to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but Tyrion is like, no, we have to have someone that speaks with the voice of the council, and he really wants Cersei to go, and she wants Tyrion to go, but neither of them want to leave King's Landing, and so Littlefinger is, you know, I volunteer as tribute. Um, I mean, I do agree. It would have been like crazy to send Cersei because anybody could have kidnapped her, and that's all. You know what I mean? It's just too much of a pawn for the. Well, and I just think she doesn't have a deaf <sighs> oh, touch. Oh gosh! Like, she yes, terrible like a Nicole bull in a china Jesus. shop. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Uh... Especially, you know, having to deal with Olana, who. Oh God! You know, <laughs> I mean, I feel like Olena would be a little bit kinder at this point in the story, but I mean, Olena is basically like she's like twenty years past giving any shits at this point. I think Olena has zero fucks given. I mean, right? Yeah, she is done, and I, you know, I think she just doesn't even want to deal with Cersei. So you know, they all, none of them really, you know, they're all kind of like, oh fuck, we got to send Littlefinger, but. Legit, he is, like, the best choice, I think, here. Um, You know, if Joffrey hadn't gotten rid of, like, someone like Barristan... Well, no, they'd never... Well, I guess they could have sent, like, someone like Barristan Selmy if they, you know, still had him aboard. But really, you know... I think Littlefinger is probably the... It sounds like out of all of them, he probably would have been the best person, like, just admittedly in that situation. I mean... And, yeah... And then they kind of talk about how, you know, what they're going to have to give him. And <laughs> clearly, I thought it was clearly have to be pretty, you know, pretty good. Well, it was I thought it was interesting when they mentioned that I uh, was at Courtney Penrose wouldn't believe that um, he wanted to see Renly's corpse. And then yeah. it, it got me like, you know, I was Googling because I had forgotten that they said, um, that... is he the one who liked the little boys or is that the other one? No, Courtney Penrose <laughs> is the he's the cast oh no 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 i'm thinking of lynn corbray yeah, yeah this guy actually see i thought he seemed decent i don't know if i'm remembering it right he's he the one who bad. tried to keep them from getting to edric isn't it yeah yeah and then and and we know we know we find out later that it's renly's corpse is missing because loris buried it in like a secret spot that renly told him to and he, he didn't you know want, isn't yeah. going to reveal it to anyone yeah and he didn't want anyone there's near storms and some like a spot that yeah. they had it was probably like a canoodling spot that he and renly had you know because he said when they were squires and um yeah. so and and i and i guess they i guess george did that so that they could have that fake renly show up at the um you know the battle Oh, and Blackwater. Yeah, so I'm assuming yeah. that if the corpse, you know, that would be believable that you know Renly's back because never, they never saw his corpse. I don't know, but who knows? But I was wondering why they went that avenue. Yeah, and I think it's it's just, I mean, it's kind of you know, again, like gets to like the sweetness of you know, like the kind of the realness of Renly and Loras and how we, yeah. you know, we didn't get to see that in the show, which I lament quite yeah. a bit they were that just they like, really did care for each other it was more yeah. than just sex and it was right like yeah it was, you know it was like a sweet you know like there was love there and you know they yeah. kind of reached they both kind of reached too high and kind of did themselves in unfortunately 
Well, and Loris did have that. There's that idealistic streak that I always forget about when I look at uh, until I reread uh, Game of Thrones, where um, I'm sorry, I said no tangents. Um, <laughs> there's that thing where when Ned is still hand. And he's asking for somebody to go off to um, deal with what the mountain has been doing. Right. Um, Loras volunteers. Right. And he and I mean, ends up sending uh, Beric, mm-hmm. but it's Loras actually, you know, wants to go do right. Yeah. And you know, Loras, you know, goes on a suicide mission to Dragonstone. I mean, it's yeah. You know, it's kind of a part of his character that is pretty well known like he's you know Loris is gallant like he yeah. you know he's kind of he can be arrogant but you know he kind of backs it up with his actions like he is pretty close to a true knight to be honest I mean I don't yeah. now I'm getting all sad no. about his treatment like they should it's totally like oh oh poor Loris well even man. you know the very first time we you know one of the very first times that we see him when yeah. the hound saves him and he you know he kind of stands for the hound there. Like, yeah, this guy, you know, saved my ass. <laughs> so, um, so kind of, this is a pretty short chapter and, and we get to the end of it where, you know, Peter and Varys are kind of sent away and it's Cersei and Tyrion alone. And they have this little chat and it's, you know, a little bit longer passage that I wanted to um, end up the chapter reading. Cause I think it was um, kind of worthwhile. And I get to pretend to be both characters, which I like. Um, Tyrion, I know we have not always agreed on policy, but it seems to me that I was wrong about you. You are not so big a fool as I imagined. In truth, I realize now that you have been a great help. For that, I thank you. You must forgive me if I have spoken to you harshly in the past. Must I? He gave her a shrug, a smile. Sweet sister, you have said nothing that requires forgiveness. Today, you mean... They both laughed, and Cersei leaned over and planted a quick, soft kiss on his brow. Too astonished for words, Tyrion could only watch her stride off down the hall, Sir Preston at her side. Have I lost my wits, or did my sister just kiss me, he asked Bronn when she was gone. Was it so sweet? (laughs) It was unanticipated. Cersei had been behaving queerly of late. Tyrion found it very unsettling. I am trying to recall the last time she kissed me. I could not have been more than six or seven. Jamie had dared her to do it. Uh, the woman's finally taken note of your charms. No, Tyrion said. The woman is hatching something. Best find out what, Bronn. You know I hate surprises. She's not even good at covering. <laughs> well, and like she just how, goes over the top. <laughs> right, and like how awful that you know she kissed him because Jamie dared her. Like, oh, yeah, oh, that's like, so sad. <laughs> What's Jamie doing? <laughs> Oh man! I mean, it's kind of a dick move by Jamie, but it's also kind of awful that he had to do that. So they you know? were—they were like they would have been teenagers when he did that. So maybe we can. Yeah, they would have been like could, um, sixteen, right? We could or give, like fifteen or sixteen. We could give give Jamie a pass because he was. A, I don't know. Geez. Jamie was like literally in the King's Guard. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. No, like, yeah, yeah, that's true. He doesn't get a pass. <laughs> Me. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's, this is where I think, like, you know, obviously the timeline gets all messed up yeah. because. You know, Jamie would have been in the King's Guard. Tyr- yeah, Cersei would, would have already be been at the that? Rock, and yeah. Tyrion would have been at the Rock. So this actually didn't happen. <laughs> just just <laughs> to say it, George, you're wrong. <laughs> this did not happen. Maybe when Tyrion was like four or five, it could have happened. But these ages don't match up. They don't. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Lies. 
Um, I guess it is a pretty short chapter. Does anyone have anything else um, came out of here? We were thankfully spared a lot of Tyrion uh, character building. Been great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, nice. it makes me happy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I was okay reading that. It did, you know, it was. It felt like it moved, had a nice pace, and yeah, you know, like I said, the banter was uh, witty and. Yeah, it felt like more like what I thought the chat, like what I thought Tyrion <laughs> chapters were gonna be, <laughs> and like instead of the reality of what they are. Like, oh, hey. it's the problem when you tear something apart, yeah. man. It's very hard to, you know, come back. And then, when, yeah, and that's the thing too. When you're, when you, the way he did it, he breaks it up. You know, other POVs, you, you get a kind of refreshing break. And when you're just going from one chapter to the other, that person, you're kind of like, wow. Yeah. Like, oh, I just love hate relationship. Well, and, and and the other thing that happens because it's different POVs is like you're you're seeing a more com- probably you're hearing how they think about the other person. It yeah. works out so much better. It's yeah. like oh. you get little palate cleansers or, or worse, you know. Yeah. <laughs> He's going up and down. So, uh, do we have any mail tonight, Clotho? We have an iTunes review. Yay! From, it's been so long. I know. It's great. It's nice to <laughs> nice to get one. Um, it's from Jesse, and she labeled it "Great and Well-Rounded Podcast." Love these ladies. As a book reader and show watcher, it's hard to find a good podcast that is fair and balanced. The podcast has an open roundtable discussion style with plenty of different perspectives. They don't take anything too seriously and aren't afraid to criticize or laugh at anything. Even their favorite character pair, John and Danny. <laughs> Just kidding. In parentheses. <laughs> this podcast is like a slumber party meets Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire. Never a dull moment with these ladies. A new favorite. Uh, I think that's my favorite description of the podcast, probably. I mean, I don't slumber know about party. you guys, but I am wearing jammies. <laughs> I know. I'm in pajamas, too. It works. We're probably most likely. No, not yet. I'm, oh, not yet. I'm still fully clothed. <laughs> Well, I mean, just for the record, I am fully clothed. No, no, I mean, I'm in in street clothes. I haven't changed. You're you're in real pants? Okay. Yeah, no birthday suits here. (laughs) The Naked Podcast. Probably is one of those. Variation of the drunk cast. A Naked Song of Ice and Fire podcast. We could be be trailblazers, ladies. Ugh, don't want to give anyone any ideas. Oh, no. Yeah, we made some Patreon requests. Yeah, so speaking of Patreon, thank you for the segue. Um, you can become our patron on Patreon, or you can find us on, and you get, I should go back, you get special ep- you get special benefits like episodes a little bit early and some special episodes on Patreon. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, and all of those places. And you can reach us at close the door and at gmail.com, at door podcast on Twitter, uh, close the door and come here on both Tumblr and Facebook. And we would love to hear from you guys. Um, I think a little programming note I think if you've been listening to our Tyrion chapters, you can probably feel our souls like losing, leaving our bodies. And so we are. Um, we're evaluating our schedule of when we might take a break from the Tyrion chapters for a little bit. And we have a bunch of ideas, but if our readers have any ideas they'd love to oh, yeah. suggest, we'd, we'd love to hear them. And if you're interested in becoming a guest on the podcast, you can also 
um, talk to us about that via any of those channels, and we'd love to hear from you. So um, I'm closing the door. Get out.